I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, you're listening to Known For, a filmography podcast. And uh, this is one of our sort of spin-off episodes called Four and One More. Uh, this was previously a format of show which was exclusive to the Patreon. And now it's moving over to have a semi-regular spot on the main feed. So the idea of Four and One More is we give ourselves a subject. So we've previously done Quentin Tarantino films, Pixar films, and Steven Spielberg films. We pick our top four our personal top four within that subject, and one more which isn't necessarily our fifth favourite, but one that we'd recommend or one that we think is interesting despite that. Uh, So this is the first one on the main feed in that format, and today we're talking about four and one more of our favourite films from 2019. This is Bob Shoy, and this is my co-host. Hi, it's Becca. Uh, So this year, all of our 2019 four and one more so yeah so aside from watching all the films we watched for the show we actually managed to watch some new films too (laughs) Uh, we're lucky that we have the uh, the city we live in we live in leeds so you have the leeds international film festival is held here so we attend that and get to see lots of new films at that yeah we saw a fair few before they were released which is really really cool and i actually found it hard to do this list because some of the films we watched for that pre-release screenings and actually, they're 2020 films, so I had to disregard some films, mm. um, which would have maybe been near my favourite. But we watch a lot of films. We live really near to a cinema, and we mm. go to the cinema a lot anyway. So this is all the films that came out in 2019. Yes. So um, it's not like everything that we watched in 2019. It's like films that came that were released yes. in 2019. And uh, one exception here, uh, we didn't get around to seeing the film... Um, depending on where you live in the world, it's either titled uh, Ford v Ferrari or Le Mans 66. Mm. It was a film we both really wanted to see. I'm so gutted about that. Uh, it won't be on either of our lists because it's the one film that might have gone near it that we didn't manage to see. I feel like had we seen it, this might have maybe not cracked mine, but possibly cracked yours. Yeah, I feel so, like it could have been up there. Yeah, this is a list with a caveat of like we didn't manage to see it that was one. On, it was a really, really short showing. In the UK. Well, also it came out around the time uh, we were traveling and busy and doing all sorts of things. So 
We just missed it, unfortunately. Uh, but we did see a, a lot of the major releases. Another caveat is um, I don't think we came down on a decision for this, but whether or not we include just all films that came out in 2019 or we were discluding franchise films. I've got like a notable mention for a franchise film. Okay. Um, so maybe we'll do those separately. I think I know what that's going to be. <laughs> I've got two for my plus ones. Okay. One is a franchise film and one isn't in case you had said the franchise film. Okay. <laughs> I think we both know what we're talking about. So this was really tough. I think actually we're going to have kind of similar lists because I think we liked a lot of the same stuff this year. Yeah. Should we just get into it? How difficult did you find this first Like super difficult because there's like four films is not very many to no. choose from. When you think of all the different genres and we as film lovers, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we're snobby film lovers because I go and see all the Marvel films and they're all fun and I love Star Wars films and this, that and the other. But then I also watch a lot of foreign cinema and I like going to the film festival. I like cinema in all its forms. So to narrow all those genres and and types of film down to four is incredibly difficult. Especially out of like, I've just had a quick count, like 50 films. So we watched 50 films well, that were released in 2019. not quite, just under 50. films. Wow, okay. So we've got to choose four out of 50 films and right. then one one more notable mention that's okay. kind of interesting this will be interesting then i'll be interested i think so our lists are going to be so similar but we'll see see how it goes okay so what are we doing first then for number four yeah four to one and then our plus ones at the end so so i didn't get around to choosing my four yet because i panicked so i you go first i'll go first okay my number four yeah is midsummer whoa oh you really like well those. this is a film that when i first watched it yeah. i wasn't blown away by it Okay. And it might be because I missed it initially. Like when it first came out, I wanted to see it. And I missed it at the cinema, unfortunately. And uh, a lot of people would recommend it to me, even if they didn't like it. They were like, you'll probably like this, though. And I was like, yeah, like, um, it's directed by uh, Ari Aster, who mm. did the Hereditary. And I loved Hereditary. And I think he's a really interesting guy. So I was really excited to see what he would follow up with. Mm. Um, I finally got around to watching this uh, when it was released on, on Blu-ray and streaming. Mm. And I really liked it. But because I'd waited and didn't see it straight away and everyone had been like, I gotta watch it, gotta watch it. At the time, I felt a bit underwhelmed by it. Right. Like it was too hyped up for you. Yes. And I had such high accept high expectations because Hereditary for me, I loved and came completely out of the blue. Now I'm like eager to see how this guy's going to follow it up. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. But then it's one of those ones had a long tail for me. Like I kept thinking about this film. It was film. in your head. It yeah, got to you. Ever since. And then by the end of our time, we looked over the list we watched this year. I was like, yeah, actually, I, I've it's thought about that film so much more than maybe any other film. Yeah. So for that, it's it's my number four. Why? Um, so it's billed as a horror film. I wouldn't say this was a horror film. Yeah. And the director himself says this isn't a horror film. Yeah. Uh, it's about cults and and yeah. you know that sort of thing, but it's it's not a, not necessarily a horror film. It's playing on expectations and customs and and you know foreign situations and it's a very interesting film. It's incredibly long and incredibly slow, and I know some people find it incredibly boring. Uh, but I just love the aesthetic. It was so different to Hereditary, whilst being very similar. Mm. It was about, they're both about cults. Hereditary, everything is dark and gloomy. This is, everything is in the sunshine. So the horrific things are happening. It's bright sunshine and beautiful flowers everywhere. So like and, weird juxtaposition of yeah. horrific and like spectacularly like pretty looking. Yeah, exactly. It's beautifully, it's a beautifully filmed film. 
Like yeah. it, it looks stunning. Um, was it more creepy? Yeah, in a way. Like this was creepy because I can imagine myself in these situations as someone who likes to travel and likes to be involved in other customs and wouldn't necessarily question another custom. If something's happening, I'm like, that's a bit iffy. I'm not going to question it. It's these people's custom. And that's how these foreigners go along and along and along without questioning things before oh, things get way out of hand. Take a turn for the worst. Yeah. Um, I thought... I, Florence Pugh is like maybe my MVP of the year. She's appeared in like three or four films and I thought she was great and different in all of them. This was my favorite performance of hers as well. Yeah. And just not necessarily a lot of dialogue, which made it so good, just a lot of facial acting. Mm. And uh, there's the, a very famous scene. I won't want to spoil anything because anyone hasn't seen it, but the disdain mm. on her face after a certain event when um, I would say an event that has a lot of flowers around it. The disdain on her facial acting after that is of shots that will like stick in my memory from the maybe my favorite shots of the year. Whoa. Um, Powerful. Yeah. And the imagery around her involving that is incredible. So there we go. I've rattled on. Like, this sounds like I'm talking about my film of the year. Like, the, as I can say, the more I talk about this film, the more I love it. Yeah. Sounds like super interesting. It's not my cup of tea. So I didn't watch. But and such it. just some incredibly disturbing imagery in this film as well, like shocking. Shocking. But I didn't like it as much as Hereditary, although I find it maybe more interesting than Hereditary. Mm. And that has been my case with four different films that came out this year I was excited for. Yeah. Where there were follow-ups of a debut from a filmmaker I found their debut very interesting. Yeah. So Ari Aster did Hereditary. I found Mm. that film so just out of the blue and interesting. I was so excited for the follow-up. And this, I think, is a more complex and interesting film and maybe a better-made film. Right. But for me, I didn't love it as much. Do you think it's because, like, just that initial like impact that of something like something new, new yeah and then I'm we spoke seeing... about this a little bit on like a previous was it we spoke about it about um Nightmare Before Christmas no we spoke about this when we came out of seeing Little Women recently mm. and I had said I had the same experience with um Little Women which I really really like that film and uh I think Greta Gerwig's a really great filmmaker I think Little Women is better than her debut but I like Lady Bird more Right. I love Lady Bird. Yeah. And even though I think Little Women's the better film, mm-hmm. I prefer Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Even though Little Women's more complex, more competently made. Mm. And that's the same with Hereditary and Midsummer. It's the same with Jordan Peele's film that came out this year, mm. Us. I preferred Get Out, mm. even though Us is maybe the better made film. Mm-hmm. And then, subjectively, and then the other one is um, Robert Eggers. He did The Witch, which I loved a few years ago. Yeah. And he oh, did The Lighthouse this year, yeah. which I also really liked, but I liked The Witch more. Right. Even though The Lighthouse is maybe more complex and more interesting. So I've had the real similar experience four different times. Yeah. Of those four, spoilers for what's coming up on my list, that's the one that peaked the four. Mm. So of those four, that's the one that shone through the most right. so there we go little women and the lighthouse and us are not on my top four so there we go so that's my number four midsummer wow i really had a lot to say about midsummer i didn't yeah. realize until i started so um my number four is the irishman oh okay wow just i think just because of the incredible f- like feat of engineering okay like the whole thing it's really long it's like the daddy of all like gangster movies. It's got everybody in it, <laughs> mm. basically. It's like a big reunion. Yeah, and it follows. Um, yeah, it follows Robert De Niro's character basically from like a young man right through to an old man. So the, you see his entire life. Yeah, so like the de aging 
uh, graphics that they've got on him are really, really great. I mean, they're definitely noticeable, but you kind of, we spoke about this when we came out of it, you just slip into it. Yeah. And it's sort of like after the initial shock of like, whoa, they've de-aged him. You just don't notice it anymore. No. After about 10 or 15 minutes, you kind of, your eyes are like accustomed to it and everybody else around him i found the whole film took a bit of getting into we said this like it's such a long film and it tells such a long story that when you start watching it that mumbly mafioso gangstery speak yeah was hard to get into the rhythm of and the de-aging tech yeah it was hard to get used to because it was obvious but once your ears and your eyes slipped into it it was like slipping it's like watching I've had it before with like 3D films and stuff mm-hmm. where you have to take a few, like five, 10 minutes to act for your brain to actually kind of like, kind of it tricks your brain kind of yeah. with the 3D thing. So like when you, when I first start watching with like 3D glasses and stuff, it's the same thing. Like you just have to, it takes a minute, but the overall experience was really cool. Yeah. Um, and we managed to see this on the big screen. Yeah. Um, a lot of people the didn't because it's a Netflix original. Uh, but this was an advanced screening at So the we film saw this festival. in Leeds Town Hall, which was like a fantastic uh, experience because mm. it was like this gorgeous, you know, I don't even know when Leeds Town Hall was built, but it wasn't recently. It's no. pretty old and it's a really cool setting. Um, and to see it on the big screen was made it really special. And that film is three and a half hours long. Yeah. And uh, we both made it through without using the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my uh, feat of the year. Yeah. Uh, so I just really liked it. I just think, yeah. like, even if you don't like gangster movies, you'll probably enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a really cool story. I, for me, it wasn't, like, as straightforward as, mm. like, classic gangster movies. Like, I always think of, like, in terms of gang- I'm not. It's not my favourite genre. No, and me neither. But, but my favourite I always think of is probably Goodfellas. Yeah. But for me, this wasn't just like, oh, it's Goodfellas again. They're getting the cast back together and stuff like that. It was different. Mm. You first think, oh, it's going to be the same old thing. But the fact that it is his whole life and you see maybe an, nearly an hour of the film mm. of him as like an old man, like after his life. Yeah. Like the last act of the film is like, it's extra long epilogue. And it's like, look how like sad these guys' lives are after the glory days. Yeah. So you get the coming up, you get the, you know, who's in whose pockets. Yeah. And then you get the sad lonely ending and uh yeah and the de-aging stuff was interesting and i thought the performances were like all around great yeah really good um seeing joe pesci like on the screen again that's really cool uh, you forget how good he is because he's been in a lot of dodgy comedies and stuff over the years but you when you see him back in that setting which suits him the most Mm. you forget like how good he is and he was like for me he was the standout in the film yeah so it was awesome just didn't it really really cool film with like very like incredible actors like doing the thing they do best which is like gangster films like it's just really cool yeah it was like um it's like an obvious masterclass like of directing and acting and just yeah so that's my number four um it's not like it's not my favorite film of the year but i just like can't stop thinking about it because it's such an amazing like feat of engineering and mm. getting all those actors together in the same place like yeah. time and place to do it and we, we said it afterwards yeah, really like cool. i don't want to see scorsese do another gangster crime film like this he's is it. he's yeah. done it he this is like he's capped off that style of film for me mm. so so yeah good choice moving on what's your number three my number three i wouldn't be surprised if this is on your list is oh. jojo rabbit 
Oh, it is on my list. Is it? How far up your list is this? It's the top. It's your number Jojo's one. I actually kind of thought it might be. <laughs> so I'll let you go ahead first and tell me why is this your favourite film of the year? It's so good. Mm-hmm. I can't. There we go. <laughs> Thanks. Um, it tackles an incredibly tough subject in an extremely interesting and appropriate way, I think. Mm-hmm. The only way to combat like atrocities, like bygone atrocities is like comedy mm-hmm. to just break them down. And there's so much incredible um, witty comedy in it alongside very like sober dour moments at just the right balance mm-hmm. of um, taking a subject about World War Two and everything um sort of all of the taking a subject like world war ii and all of the atrocities that went along with it and making that into a comedy and not and not being like grotesque didn't completely make light of the seriousness of some of the subjects that is what was a pleasant surprise for me with this yeah um i would say when the film first started i was laughing because it's funny Mm. but i thought within the first 20 minutes if this is all it is this is going to fall flat for me Mm. like just a lot of like silly gags and it'll be a funny film and i think taika waititi's a very funny guy he makes really funny films yeah but for me um he's better when he can lay in some heart and some message which then started to reveal itself to the point where like i would say by the halfway point it's there's more of that than the comedy yeah which really took me by surprise and then I ended up doing like a full like 180 on this film of like, this is going to be fine to, oh, wow, this is really yeah, something special. So good. Um, just the right balance of like mm. everything in it. And it, and by the, starting so silly, it lays that in that serious edge slowly. Yeah. And it creeps up on you to the point where this is one of many films this year. I openly cried whilst watching. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I didn't think I'd be doing that as such a silly comedy. Yeah. But I loved it. Like, it was so good. The messaging and everything and the treatment of it and, like, yeah, how they approached it and everything. All the actors were, like, incredible in it. And for the lead actor to cast an unknown child in a lead role is always risky, but he was really good. Yeah. And both the the child actors were as well. Yeah. Um, They were both, like, so, so good and, like, charismatic. And I wasn't like, ugh, when they were on screen. I, like, wanted to watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it had like some really great actors in other roles. We had uh, Sam Rockwell in it, one of our previous known for actors. Oh, yeah, one of our faves. And um, his his character was so fun. Like everyone yeah. was having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, for me, like the real heart of the film was uh, Scarlett Johansson's character. Mm. I actually thought she was really good in this. Yeah. Um, I but know she's used very sparingly, but I yeah. think like in just the right way. Yes. And she's very, like in real life, when I've seen her in interviews and stuff and behind the scenes stuff she Mm. always seems very she has like a silly sense of humor Mm. and quite like fun and you got a lot of that with her i don't think she gets to do that like more comedy Mm. stuff very often yeah and i was surprised like how good she was on screen like her character had like really funny moments and then like really heartfelt moments Mm. as well i just Remember that we didn't really explain what the film was about, but I think you... people know what this film's about, right? Yeah, I <laughs> a love... kid has a has an invisible friend who's also Hitler. Yeah, played by Taika Waititi. Yeah, who I love in a completely over the top mock style. Yeah, I love that um, Taika and his like 
New Zealand accent slash trying to do a German accent. I feel like there's a lot of bad German accents, but it it adds to the charm. Like it's such a silly film and everyone's doing these bad German accents, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, and it yeah, it's so good. Uh, It just makes me like... Every time I think about it, it makes me like kind of cry and also laugh at the same time, which mm. I don't think is. I want to talk emotion. about the stuff that made me like really upset, but I don't mm. want to give any spoilers yeah. away. But it was good. So yeah, that's my number one, and it's your number three. I would like to know. Cut! I'm going to cut this. What what made you cry in the film? When? Yeah, that was the same bit for me. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, really good film. Yeah, I love it. So that was your number one. That's my number three. Yeah. What's your number three? My number three is. Um, Marriage Story. Okay. I was really hoping this would be on your list. This was so close to being on my list. It's not quite in my top four. Oh, okay. When I, I think maybe you would expect this to be in my top four, because mm. when we saw it, I was gushing about it yeah. a lot. Really good. Um, there's a lot of people who don't like this film. Why? There's a big backlash to this film on Twitter. I don't really know why. I think oh, it was sucks. really good. Um, as, a, as a child whose parents went through a divorce, as lots of people have in this era, in this day and age, like it rang true to me, mm. um, like parents pulling in different directions, but both wanting the best for you. And those residual feelings, but kind of still yeah. knowing that it's the right thing to do at the end of the day kind of thing. I thought, again, like um, Scarlett Johansson's an actress who takes like a lot of heat for certain choices she makes and certain things she says. Mm. But this year she's done some really fantastic roles. Like mm. I do like her despite some reasons that people people don't mm-hmm. um i think in jojo rabbit and like as a supporting actress in that and as a lead in this mm. i think she was like um, had some amazing performances this year yeah and adam driver also in this was like incredibly good i thought them together like the chemistry of them playing alongside each other was like really incredible in this film and the scene it might be the situation we saw it because this is another one we saw advance at the film festival yeah uh, in a very old theater and i've the the audience was so into it. Yeah. It was it made it so much better. Like the funny bits, everyone was laughing mm. uproariously. And the sad bits you can hear like sniffles around the room. Like everyone was so into this film. Yeah. It felt like everyone was on the same page with this film. Yeah. Because um, it's a Netflix original, isn't it? So yeah. I suppose everybody else watching it just did it at the comfort of their living rooms. Exactly. And it was a bit of a different viewing experience. And the scene that everyone like rips on on Twitter, I don't know if people have seen this, there's the scene that everyone sort of rips on on Twitter and a memeing and lol, this isn't acting, this is cringy, blah, blah, blah. I feel like they're just watching a scene out of context because in context of that film, that scene was like devastating. It was heart-wrenching. I don't know what people are talking about when they're laughing at it. Is this uh, the argument scene? Yeah. Yeah. And people were just laughing. Like, oh, this is like acting 101. This is so cringy. This is like no, watching like, theatre school. It was so powerful. It, in context, and once you let yourself get into that film, yeah. that scene is devastating. Yeah. And because, because Adam Driver's character until that point has not let his emotions out. Mm. He has tried to be the calm one all the way. Mm-hmm. And she's had her moments of like uh, emotional outbursts and stuff. Yeah. And he finally just like, you just he's like a time bomb all the way cracks. through. You yeah. just like, he's going to break. And when he does, it's so like, ah, oh, everything comes out. And yeah, it is maybe cringy Explosive, to watch because yeah. then the moments in your life are fucking cringy to, to be a part of. And sometimes when you really break down and have these outbursts, if you think back and remember yourself in those moments, it doesn't feel like you. Yeah. It is embarrassing, but it that's would be, life. Yeah, very like horrible to watch, like a fly on the wall and watch yourself back. Mm. 
doing that kind of stuff. So, but I think actually that's almost a credit to his acting. Yeah. Like it was so realistic. I loved him in this role. I thought he was great. Yeah. And the, the film was, it was maybe f- more mainstream than a mm. lot of Noah Baumbach's films. Yeah. Um, but it was very well made. Mm. His characters were almost like kind of last attempt fighting yeah. at that point. And then it, he sort of cracks and... It sounds like a simple premise, yeah. like a couple goes through a divorce, boom. You've seen a million it's films It's always like complicated though, isn't it? And I think this re- film reflects that in a really... I mean, ev- every, every situation is different, but I f- feel like this displayed it, like showcased it in a really... For a simple premise, mm. it really managed to be more than its simple premise like mm. as a film like yeah. a more uh, more artistically made like more it still had surprises in it mm. the way the characters interacted with each other felt it was funny but like you can it was natural mm. the way that he was so part of her family and when he was around them he was silly and goofy and with her sister and her mom her and mom, stuff like yeah. that and you're like well yeah some some people like that like it was it was interesting and fun not like by the numbers mm. and that pulled some surprises like when he when they're in the bar and he just gets up and starts singing then you watch Adam Driver sing for like four minutes Mm. (laughs) and then it just cuts to the next scene it's like there's interesting things happen in what could have been just kind of a simple film yeah um yeah I love this this was really close to being my number four and Laura Dern was great as well (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) she just popped up loads well she popped up in that and also Little Women in both kind of smaller roles yeah which was interesting because the directors are partners in real life and she must she was in both their films we was just saying like maybe on one set she was like oh, i'm working with your you know your yeah your i think maybe there's stuff some, like that. i would be interested to know the back like the connections like mm. who knows who and all that kind of thing yeah. it'd be really cool uh so, so yeah, great great choices that was my number three okay i'm really interested to hear what your number two is you um first. i think i know what your number two is which makes me realize that my number two isn't on your list and oh, i thought it would be okay my number two is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, this is one of my plus ones. Right, okay. I'm so glad you put it on your list, though. Yeah, I didn't think this would be on my list. And then the more, when I looked over the list, I was like, that film was so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a masterclass in filmmaking. So good. The framing mm-hmm. was beautiful. The acting was so good. And it, this is a, a foreign film, so I like watching foreign films because sometimes you see performances from actors and actresses that you don't aren't as familiar with. They are completely no, new yeah. to you. Um, the dialogue was minimal, but it was so like well done. Yeah, like, I mean, it was it was like a really good mix of a straightforward storyline, mm. but real like laced in thick metaphor. Yeah, in a way that wasn't so like ham fisted, and it was just yeah. nicely artistically made. Yeah, it was gorgeous. So this is basically um, a painter, mm-hmm. a female painter is employed. She's commissioned by like this, what would you call her? She's sort of like an heiress, isn't she? Yeah. Like Heiress's a, mother. Yes. To paint her daughter without her knowing because she won't sit because basically the portraits for her potential husband. Yeah, you would show the portrait she... of the woman and say, would you marry this woman? Yeah, and but she doesn't, want to, she doesn't want to comply. Yeah, the woman doesn't want to get married. Yeah. So she employs an artist to mm. move into their home and she is told she's a that she is a companion to lead her on walks mm. because she's um, the, also the, the woman who's being painted is going through a real uh, fit of depression after her sister committed suicide. 
And he was supposed to marry the same man. So this woman is is employed as a companion to guide her on walks. What she's secretly doing is watching her and analysing her face so that in the night she can secretly paint her mm. to basically marry her off. Fantastically done. So good. But what is the real heart of that story is mm. the reason the woman doesn't want to marry is that she's gay. And <laughs> she yeah. realises that through the film and she develops a kind feelings. of secret relationship and yeah. feelings with the painter. Yeah. So they're having this secret relationship with each other. Yes. And I wouldn't say more than that. That's enough of a hook. This was such a, just a well-made, classy film, I thought. Yeah, a really slow but fantastic burn. Quite long, quite slow, but like yeah. it's masterfully made. That's what I, I, my note here is like masterfully made. Yeah, like, definitely. Absolute per- and perfect And it's all film. in French. French film, yeah. Mm. But I think it, it makes it all the more intriguing. So yeah, not on your list. I was expecting this one to be on your list. I'm so. glad we got a chance yeah, to talk in- about it because I really loved it. I'm glad that our lists have been really different so far. Yeah. More so, more different than I was Well, expecting. mostly because I just want to talk about more films because I didn't have enough room mm. to pick all the films that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, um, just for people who haven't listened to the, the previous 4 on 1 Wars, these are normally short episodes. I feel like already this is going to be one of the, maybe the longest 4 on 1 more we've done. They're normally Normally they're quite now. snappy, but... Yeah. Um, well, we've got a lot to talk about because there's some pretty good films this yes. year. So my so number two, two yeah. is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is my number one. Whoa! Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> Although, okay, so Quentin Tarantino's latest film, a twist on the murder of Sharon Tate, mm-hmm. um, which basically is from the viewpoint of Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who is an uh, actor, mm-hmm. and his stunt double, who is Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. Um, and they sort of, he, Brad Pitt sort of follows him around. He's sort of, he's not really a washed up actor yet, but he's sort of on the decline He's a TV slightly. actor who's, he's not really breaking in the yeah. way that he wants to be. He's sort of, he's just a TV actor. Yeah. And it's 70s, isn't it? 69. Okay. So it's like late 60s, 69, early 70s, mm-hmm. like kind of Hollywood scene, them driving around. There's such like such amazing shots of Brad Pitt just cruising around in this like, is my favorite part car. Of the film. Like it's so good. This like Tarantino said in his interviews, I know again, not everyone's a big Tarantino fan. Mm. I think this is technically the best he's done. Yeah. Even though it's not my favorite film he's done, I think this is his greatest. And he says personally this is his most personal film. Yeah. And you can feel the love he's put into it. The music, like the art direction is just incredible. And the um, the Manson family stuff, like involvement. Um, it just you, It's just happening it's, in the background. Yeah, it's like really, it just trickles along. And the sort of main focus is, yeah, Leo, Leo and like Brad's characters sort of doing their Hollywood day-to-day it's stuff. It's just them existing in that yeah. era. And it's just an excuse to show loads of shots of Hollywood at that time. Making films. And I've seen so many people just be like, oh, it's the worst film Tarantino's done. It's so boring, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you getting? This, this is, is like going beautiful. back in time. It's going back in time to like the golden age. And you, like I said, Hollywood. you really feel the love in yeah. the filmmaking that Tarantino has for that era, the nostalgia yeah. Yeah. is like just there on screen, like every detail, every yeah. 
Yeah, I just could have like I felt like I was cruising around yeah. LA with Brad Pitt when he's just driving around in his car because yeah. he's also uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character's driver. Yeah, so and he's, he's just sort of his handyman as well. He just yeah, like he's kind just of... he just employs him as like yeah. a, a right hand man. Just keeps him around, and I think he's just happy to like because he be is useful. a washed up. Yeah. A lot of many people want to employ him because he has a dark thing that happened in his past. Yeah. But he's good friends with Leonardo DiCaprio's character. So he, he keeps him around. He, he He's sort of more of his like companion and just yeah. his like odd odd job guy, like odd job body or whatever they call him. So it's like an alternative <laughs> history of yeah. the events of that time. But if you don't so I spoke to my sister and her fiance after they watched this mm-hmm. and they like turned... well they didn't actually finish watching it yeah they it. didn't yeah. finish watching it like they turned it off which I couldn't believe because I like love it so much but they didn't I think it's because they didn't know the history and the backstory of like Sharon Tate and I think if you don't know that like before going into this film you won't get as much from it no because the film expects you to know some of that stuff and it even hints at stuff like certain locations certain things are referenced and if Mm. you know the history even just cursory like i don't know that much about it it's just easter eggs isn't it it's like you're just like oh he shouldn't be going there oh i know what that place is and it just builds that suspense in you because it becomes more and more suspenseful as the yeah. film goes on it starts so casual and like flowing and free and, and as the film goes on it becomes more and more suspenseful and yeah. tense yeah 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 yeah. and i think that's why it's so compelling at the end um with when events unravel mm-hmm. um but also because it's an alternative retelling of history yeah knowing the, the, the actual twist. events know seeing where it veers yeah and turns away it's you're so like, oh, good. what's going on here? You're constantly just like, what's happening? Like, and that's then, not what happened. Yeah, this might happen. your expectations are challenged and that's yeah. what makes it so good. Yeah, I love, love, love this film. Mm. Um, and I haven't met another person that actually liked it, which is just driving me crazy. <laughs> Everyone yeah. I speak to is like, oh, you liked that? And I'm like, yeah, it's my favorite film of the year. It's fantastic. But Yeah, so yeah. so well done. I We talked a lot about this on our forum on more Tarantino films. And... Um, so we're just sort of like pouring more sugar on this film. Uh, yeah, so I loved it. And I'm glad it was your number one. It's my number two. Mm-hmm. And so, we've already yeah. spoken about your number one. Yeah. Which is JJ Rabbit. So we're done. Well, we've got our plus ones. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees Promoting for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, but we've already spoken about Portrait of a Lady on Fly, which was one I couldn't choose. <laughs> I wanted, I've been greedy with my plus ones and I've got two. I've got like <laughs> six plus ones here, so... So we've already talked about that. So one of my other plus ones we touched on was Little Women. Right, okay. Which I think deserves like an honourable mention because mm-hmm. I thought it was incredible. Um, so my 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 top four, mm. my, you know, I had like, my number four was really difficult. It was between three films. Yeah. And it was between M- Midsummer, Yeah. Uh, Marriage Story, which was yeah. on your list. We got to talk about it. And Little Women. Yeah. So I think it definitely... It was all. It was so close to being on my list. Mm. I mean, it's an amazingly made film. Yeah. Um. I'll say again, like I'm an absolute. I uh, the things that make me most emotional in films aren't actually plot elements anymore. Yeah. Um. I I was tweeting about this like a little feelings. while ago, and a lot of people agreed with me. I I find myself crying at really odd things. Yeah. And this film uh, that happened to me in, but it was nothing to do with the plot. Right. It was just there was a scene which was so nicely framed. <laughs> When something is so well made, it makes yeah. me emotional because I'm like, what events in the universe conspire to make this one moment perfect? Yeah. And that is overwhelming to me in a sense that makes me emotional. Yeah. And I'm not sad, whatever, but I do feel like a tear run down. It's I, really fucking weird. I cried in this film too. I, I get it at gigs. I've had it at gigs. I go to a gig and like there's a performance which is so good and I'm like, I'm going to cry. Like, I can't believe that all these people came together and made this perfect song, performed it in this perfect way, and everyone here is feeling it it in this way. This is incredible, like, feat of chance and creativity. Mm. And I felt that in this film. Mm. Like, there was certain... Actually, you know what shot it was? It's not even, like, an amazing, incredible shot. There's a shot where the camera follows her running down the road. Yeah. And she's... I don't know where I can't even remember what, what's happening. I just remember that shot. And it's just a very simple shot, just the camera following the yeah. character running along the pavement. Yeah. And I was like, this is so nicely framed <laughs> and shot. Yeah. So. I cried near the end. Did you? Yeah, I can't remember what it was about. I think it was just her. Was it about <laughs> cover? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Because that was incredibly sad. Yeah. I think it was more like because she, like, she just had to like forego her character her character mm-hmm. kind of thing mm. anyway uh so yeah i really love little women yeah it was such a great film and it's a really good period like drama piece and such good actresses in it great oh cast great really cast. good cast um again like it what i liked about this um i think greta gerwig is really interesting filmmaker mm. um so she's only directed two films now maybe i'm wrong but I, I think it was Lady Bird and then this um and i i just think she's very makes these both these films are quite straightforward like mm. Lady Bird is just like a coming of age story this is like this film is this story has been turned into a film like three or four times mm. but this felt like a very modern and different filmmaking way of doing it but still honoring the period like drama because i felt like the dialogue was really it wasn't really modern but it wasn't really old either it was like really appropriate for the like time period of the piece um which i found like really interesting because i was like oh it's not just like complicated like the choice to move the time frame around as well. Yeah. You're watching things very much out of order. Yeah. But it makes different parts of the story reveal at interesting times. Yes. 
And it's like there's there's two parallel storylines running at the same time, like the future events and the past events. Mm. And you're watching them slice back and forth mm-hmm. until the past storyline meets up with the future for the last third of the film. Mm-hmm. And it's quite jarring. Like I'd already been told that that was the case. So I was mm. went in prepared. Anticipated it, yeah. I was wondering how jarring that was to other people. Mm. But um, I think once my brain settled into it, yeah, I found it really interesting and kept you engaged. You're like, oh, that's how that ends up for that person. So how does it get there? Yeah, and then you watch that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was a really interesting choice as well. So I really like that. So um, so that's one of my plus ones. What's your plus one? Okay, so I've got two plus ones for a reason. Right. Because you I didn't. Choose. I know, well, <laughs> I didn't know if we were doing franchise films or not right i didn't okay. know how interesting that would be mm-hmm. so i've kind of got my franchise film right and you're and not. my other film okay so my franchise film yeah is avengers endgame okay um you know this is a film which 10 years in the making mm-hmm. on its own it's not necessarily an amazing film i was gonna say the same thing like but the with gravitas. the history of 22 films leading up to it i think it's 22 like what an amazing combination of 22. And it is like a greatest hits tour. You're literally traveling through the old films of mm-hmm. like, remember this, remember that. Um, and not everyone likes the Marvel films, but I th- you, I think you, you would be quite snobbish to not agree that this is an incredible feat of cinema. Like no other franchise has gone for 10 years of 22 films building up to a combination. Like I said to you when we came out, if they never made another Marvel film, I would be totally satisfied, satisfied yeah. with that ending. It's crazy to think how much pressure they were under to sum up all that kind of back history and how well they pulled it off yeah it was such a satisfying conclusion to that mm. saga yeah um and i know a lot of people who have just said oh i'm not going to watch anymore now like i'm happy like i'm done with the marvel films i get the formula i've seen a satisfying ending and now i'm done mm. fair enough but what like, i like it's a really good like kind of and like yeah, yeah like end point for that what i like about the marvel films and like i said i'm not a snobby film consumer in the slightest i got fucking portrait of a lady on fire as my number two film of the year but i also loved avengers endgame like i loved it when we saw this in the cinema mm. we saw this opening night and the hype and do you remember the audience yeah people were cheering and screaming we're in an english cinema this is not normal here yeah but certain moments of that of that film people were cheering and like the atmosphere in the room was like contagious yeah and that is a feat so i think you'd have to be quite a snob to say this isn't a feat of modern filmmaking yeah that's brought this many people together and what i what i was gonna say is what i like about the marvel films is they do play with different genres mm. people say there's too many yeah, a bit of everything People say there's too many superhero films nowadays. Mm. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think the case is that, that we've there's a new genre of cinema now. Yeah. So if you compare how many superhero films are in a year to how many like comedies there are in a year or how many like romance films are in a year, it's probably equal. Mm. It's just we didn't have this genre before. Mm. So now people are like, oh, it's just cinema. It's just superhero films all the time. Well, it feels that way because mm. there's a whole new genre of films taking up space and they're expensive to make. So there's a lot of heavily heavy marketing on them. Mm. In the grand scheme of things, there's probably as much as any other genre. And they're owned by like one of the biggest companies. And there's a the studio planet. that makes <laughs> only superhero films, which yeah. is the Marvel ones. Yeah, it's dedicated. They've got a dedicated team. But what I like about them is the different characters' films will dabble in different genres yeah, really alongside like that. that. And I think that's very smart and good. They all have their like house style. Yeah. But then you watch the Ant-Man films and they're more like heist comedies. 
Um, and then you watch the Guardians of the Galaxy films and it's like a sci-fi film. Mm. And you watch the Captain America films and they're like, you know, spy movies. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like I get a different vibe for depending on yeah. what type of, type of film I want to watch yeah. and what characters' films I'm watching. I think watching. that's really well. And like you said, they all like complement each other mm. and they do kind of fit in well um, alongside one another. And then all the characters culminating in Endgame they just and you can, like the chemistry between them all is like really interesting and you can choose your level of engagement as well mm. like the avengers films are like the big film like the big overarching so together, story yeah. but you could be like you know i don't like the iron man i don't like iron man as a character i didn't watch the iron man films you'll still understand what's going on when you watch the avengers movies mm. if you're watching them for the other characters but it's just the level of involvement you want like you'll get more if you watch in other mm. films. So if you've watched the Iron Man films, you'll get more of the things they're referencing mm-hmm. in the ensemble films. Mm. Um, I was really satisfied with this. Yeah. And that's why. It was really well done. It's my plus one for franchise. Mm-hmm. My plus one beside that, mm-hmm. this is tough. It's between two. Right. I really liked both of these. Um, I'm going to go for, this might surprise you, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Wow. That is a surprising shout. Yeah. So this is my plus one. This is my real plus one. I just wanted to shout out game. This is my plus one because it wasn't necessarily my favorite storyline. Mm-hmm. The story didn't blow me away. Like it was interesting and unique and weird, mm. but it was so different. Mm. It was what I liked about it. The yeah. framing and like the, the, just the framing of the shots yeah. and even the aspect ratio of the whole film yeah. was slightly different. Mm. Um, the performances were slightly off kilter. Yeah. Um, especially, I want to get the actor's name, uh, especially Jonathan Major's character. Mm-hmm. So he plays like the main character's friend, yeah. who's like a he's an aspiring writer. Yes. His character was so different and off kilter and strange. In Fascinating to watch. That he was, yeah, like um, magnetic to yeah. watch. Like I was interested in him when he, he was on screen. Yeah. I, I'm not that knowledgeable about the situation in San Francisco and mm. this is a, a lot about if you're from San Francisco this would you'd get a lot out of this film mm. and anyone I've seen on Twitter who lives in San Francisco is like loves this film mm. because it's all about the gentrification of San Francisco and and the heritage of the city yeah. and what's happening in the city but you're getting it from this very strange perspective mm. and I just thought yeah even though the main storyline of it didn't was I liked it but it wasn't like my favourite story of the year. Just the way it was made was so different and the performances were so different that I wanted to shout this one out. Mm. I found this a really interesting, interestingly made film mm. and, and a really just a different, just a different film. So yeah, yeah. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm. Yeah, I really liked it as well. It was Yeah, you're right. Just so different. Mm. Um, my, I guess, my franchise shout out would be John Wick 3. Yeah, yeah. I love John Wick 3 as well. Just kind of... I feel like this episode has just been like, it was amazing. Yeah, well, <laughs> amazing. we're talking about our favourite films. So. Um, what more can you say if you've not seen John Wick? If you want, go and watch like, <laughs> Keanu Reeves kills someone with a book within the first 10 minutes. Ta-da! <laughs> just like, put that on the must, poster. Must watch. Just why write in that on a black poster? Yeah. If you, if you think that's stupid, you probably won't like the film. If you think that's stupid but awesome... I want to watch it. Then go watch it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, you don't. there's no combat, like the fight scenes in the John Wick films there's nothing like them it's like they invented their own yeah. form of fighting and if you just want to watch a string of cool fight scenes which sometimes that's all I want to see 
Yeah. John Wick films are really great for that. Um, so yeah, it's the third one. And I would recommend seeing them all. Yes. The story I, for me, important. they're getting better. I know some people yeah. didn't like, they think they're getting worse. I mm. think they're getting better. I think mm. a lot of people agree the second one's the best. Yeah. I think I might have liked this one the most. It was so just balls to the wall crazy. Yeah. There's a fight scene with him and Halle Berry where she's using basically her dogs as her fists. She's <laughs> just like, get him, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous so when you say it out loud. When you're watching it, you're like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's brains out, awesome fun. Yeah, it's just uh, like a really good watch. And like aesthetically, super good looking. Yeah. So yeah, not going to say much more about it. Yeah, it, like, what can you? People like those films or they don't. Honourable mention, Parasite. Okay, so this one. It's not, <laughs> this is where we like, we've just left plus ones. Like, well, I just want to, I just want to talk about more films. This one's <laughs> difficult because this was, this isn't actually out in the UK till 2020. Right, okay. We managed to see a certain advanced screening. Yeah. Um, this came out in America, like in summer 2019. Mm-hmm. So this is like technically a 2019 film, even though it isn't actually out in the UK. But then UK listeners, hey, check this out when it comes to cinema, like at the end of this month. Yep. Really cool. Um, Korean made. Is it Korean made? Yep, yeah. Korean film. Really cool Korean. Again, the name of the director. Korean He's really film. good. He's done a couple of other ones that we've watched. Yeah, he's a really good filmmaker. He made Snowpiercer. He made Okja. Okja, yeah. Um, the uh, Bong Joon-ho. Yep. Is the director. And really good watch. Not really going to give any spoilers because obviously no. like probably haven't seen it yet. This is a film you want to go to with no knowledge. Yeah. Which is what I was told, which is why when I watched it, I went in with no knowledge. Yep. I just knew the pedigree, the director's pedigree and thought, mm. okay, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, go and see that when it's out. It's full of surprises. Um, so is that your actual plus one? Little Women was my actual plus one. Oh, we're just talking about other films now. We're just like going on. Oh, okay, so going I on a bit of a forgot we talked about it. So Little Women was your plus one. Yeah. And you wanted to shout out John Wick 3 as a franchise, franchise film. Franchise one. This is just your honourable mention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just adding more. Well, can I give another honourable mention then? <laughs> yeah. Why not? I've got one more that was close to my list I want to give okay, an honourable mention for. Uh, the Farewell. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was good. This was another film that made me cry. I suppose, okay, so maybe <laughs> these are like foreign films then. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is a soft spot on foreign films. Um, this is a Chinese film. Mm. Uh, it's like some, it's like one English speaking character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like She's the main 80, 90% in Mandarin. Yeah. Yeah. And I found this to be very similar in tone, I said at the time, to Lost in Translation. Yeah. If you like Lost in Translation, this is quite similar. It's quite an, like off kilter, slightly comedic, but Just also. Watching life unfold really yeah from a, from an outsider's perspective because yeah. the main character even though she's from china she's, she's lives in america she's lived in new york since she was like six i, I think. think yeah very six young i yeah. even might even be younger than that i can't remember but since she was very young yeah so it's her going back to china um, for a family event for a family event and mm. you're seeing that country through her lens and it just felt the the pacing and the the tone of comedy that happened in this film felt very mm. similar to Lost in Translation for me which mm. is a film I love so that's a that's a, a I feel like more storyline happens in this than in Lost in Translation yeah there's the definitely tone a main is, story the tone is quite similar yeah um, so it was really really interesting yeah film really cool yeah nice one any more um, <laughs> yeah I mean there's loads of films um, what other things I, I thought Toy Story 4 was really fun yeah. I was, maybe because my expectations were like through the floor for that, I thought it was going to be shite. And 
I loved that film. Like, I thought it was a really good, like, as good as the other Toy Story films. So when people say it's the shittest one, I'm like, no, this is, like, as good as the others. I felt like it was more of, like, an addendum, but it wasn't, like, an... It was, like, a great epilogue. Yeah, yeah. Which you don't often get. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I really Of course it was going to be great, because the whole Toy Story, like, team is super great, so... Uh, Fighting With My Family. Yeah, that's was a really, a really cool. sort of overlooked film. I love that film. Florence Pugh again, like yeah. my MVP She's of the great. year. Um, really fun film directed by Stephen Merchant, mm-hmm. based on a true story. Um, I really liked Fighting with My Family. That's on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch oh, that, yeah, people, watch I recommend okay. that. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but Us, I did really like it. Some people were disappointed by it after Get Out, which was mm-hmm. just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But I really did like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of heavy metaphor in it, mm-hmm. but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dolomite is my name was a good one. What's that? Dolomite is my oh, name. Oh, Dolomite is my name. Yeah, that's funny. It's really funny. <laughs> that's not on my list, but yeah, that was a surprise. That's a Netflix original, isn't Netflix, it? Netflix, yeah. Yeah, with uh, Eddie Murphy, um, which was really funny and definitely worth a watch. One more I recommend is Knives Out. Oh, yeah, that was good. Knives Out, really, really good fun Don't film. read up on anything before you go and see it. No, um, it's, it's a whodunit. It's a classic whodunit. Yeah. It was really good. All the actors were fantastic in it. And um, Daniel Craig puts on a really interesting accent. Yeah, so. it's basically like CSI, Southern. Kentucky or whatever. <laughs> Southern twang. Uh, so if anything, just go and see it for that. Uh, he's, I heard that Ryan Johnson's considering doing a follow-up featuring Daniel Craig's character. Like He's going to be like the thread to another... Like mystery, mystery film, murder mystery. But he's the linking character. That'd be cool. Him investigating another mystery. He's the so new, I'll be up for that. Um, Faro. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like, I'll be up for that. That's really fun. Um, yeah, Knives Out. That was a really good film, and the yeah. loads of stuff. I'm talking about a good cast, like so many good people in that film. Massive yeah. ensemble cast, but the and I reckon I, I knew everyone in that film apart from the main character. Yeah. Um, and she was I, great, and she was really good. I really, really liked her. Um, I'm going to get her name up so I can just credit her. Uh, Anna de Armas. Mm-hmm. She played the main character and um, I wasn't familiar with her in anything else, but she was brilliant and the rest of the cast was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, especially like Michael Shannon, I thought he was really funny in it. Yeah. Um, Another film, animated Steven Universe. Steven Universe the movie. Yeah. yeah. Really Only cool. if you've actually a fan of Steven Universe already because yeah. he really is heavy on lore. Yeah. If you've watched that oh, without yeah. having seen any of the series, you'll be very confused. And it's a big gay musical as well. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun and um, and cool to end like, how many series of there? I don't know, loads, loads of series of Steven, Steven yeah. Universe. Uh, so, yeah. I think we we could just keep listing films. It's been a really good year for films. We, as you can tell, we liked we a lot of them. got carried away there, sorry. Yeah, I mean, this is an hour-long episode for something that we normally make 40 minutes. Um, but yeah, we'll close out now. So just to close us out, do you want to recap what right. your four plus one were? Number four, The Irishman. Number three, Marriage Story. Number two, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number one, Jojo Rabbit. And my plus one was Little Women. Uh, so my number four was Midsommar. My number three was Jojo Rabbit. My number two was Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And my number one was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My plus one was The Last Black Man in San Francisco with um, an honourable mention to Avengers Endgame as a, as a franchise mm-hmm. highlight of the year. My honourable franchise mention was John Wick 3. And let's say our foreign foreign films. Well, I got a foreign film as my number two. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, okay. Our, our foreign film honourable me- honorable mentions. Uh, mine was Parasite. Uh, mine was The Farewell. Cool. 
So <laughs> it's a lot of films, and like some what of those, an amazing some of those are really mainstream. Some of those might you might have seen on your streaming services and thought, I don't know what that is. And hopefully you've, you've checked them out. Some of them um, you might not have heard of at all. And maybe you might want to check out based on our description, mm. I don't know, The Farewell or or um, Parasite, which is out really soon. So check that out in cinema yeah. if you can. Like Go and support these smaller or, or foreign films because there's some really good mm. stuff that flies under the radar. And if you did see uh, Le Mans 66, let us know. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> I, I really feel like that might it. have been on Becca's list had that come out. <laughs> I and really have we, have we managed it. to see it? Uh, so, yeah, what a year, 2019. Some pretty amazing films. Yeah, and I don't really off the top of my head know what's coming this year because I've been so busy with We've everything been else. mopping up sort of like the last dribs and drabs. So I don't know what's coming this year. No. Um, I'm excited to see what's coming this year. Yeah. I will be attending Leeds International again. Mm. It won't be um, till like November, December time though. Coming up next on the feed, you're going to hear the Sigourney Weaver episode yep. of Known For. Just watching format. loads of her films at the moment. When the Oscars get announced, yeah, we will do a special episode because we do something called the Oscars game, <laughs> which is a personal game that we've ran for the last few years. Um, but we'll bet. do an episode. It'll be a two-part episode on our Oscars bets. Yeah. Um, the speculation and the results and that'll be a fun thing to put out on we'll explain more about what that is in the episode actually because they're getting announced really soon they're getting announced like in the next few days so that episode will probably be out before the Scorny Weaver one yeah so expect that then the Sigourney one and then we're working on the Leonardo DiCaprio episode yeah Cool. So yeah, loads of stuff coming up. You will get the odd one of these four and one wars from now on on the main feed. They're really fun to do. I hope you enjoy listening to them. Um, I will also just let everyone know my stance because I know a lot of people are interested in this. Um, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, oh god, <laughs> I did not like Episode Nine. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why we didn't mention it. I'm I'm heartbroken myself. I'm so sad. But I wish I, I loved like it. it. But so much of it disappointed me. But that is a volatile subject. So we'll end it there. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.